Y'all ready for the word? Amen and amen. All right, Victor is going to read in Spanish. He asked me to, but I said I want to be humble. I don't want to show off. So I'm going to read in English this time, all right? And then yo, you go ahead and start with uh, Espanol. Espanol? Espanol. Okay. Did, did I get that right? Okay. <laughs> okay, abrimos nuestra Biblia en Romanos capítulo 10 y el verso 13 y 14. Romanos 10, verso 13 y 14. Ok, cuando lo tienen dicen amén. Porque todo aquel que invocare el nombre del Señor será salvo. ¿Cómo pues invocarán? aquel en el cual no han creído y cómo creerán en aquel de quien no han oído y cómo oirán sin haber quien les predique. All right. I, I know when you came to an end, but when you looked at it, that's when I knew. I was listening. All right. Got your Bibles, go to Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 14. I mean, 14 through 15, that's what we'll be. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning for the privilege and opportunity that we get to sit up under your word. We pray that your word would do what it does best. That is not just inform, but transform. And that you will use your preacher as messed up and as simple as we are for the authority and preaching of your word. I pray that your people will be blessed that they will not leave the same way that they came. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody say? Amen. Amen. Harriet Tubman was born into slavery on a Maryland plantation in 1822. As she grew up, she was made to work driving oxen, trapping muskrats in the woods, and as a nursemaid. Harriet's owner frequently whipped her. And she endured the pain of seeing three of her sisters sold, never to be seen again. But when her owner tried to sell one of her brothers, Harriet's mother openly rebelled. The would-be buyer gave up after Harriet's mother told him, the first man that comes into my house, I will split his head open. Don't mess with no black woman. Her mother's actions likely implanted in Harriet the idea that resistance to evil was right and could sometimes be successful. As a child, Harriet herself would run away for days at a time. But there were rays of joy in her life as well. Harriet's mother told her stories from the Bible which developed in her a deep abiding faith in God. There's something about reading the Word. When Harriet was about 26 years old, she learned that she might be sold away from her family. The time had come to try to escape. She made her way some 90 miles along the Underground Railroad. She traveled at night to avoid slave catchers, following the North Star, until she reached Pennsylvania and freedom once there. She dared to make a dangerous decision. She risked her own freedom in order to give others theirs. I'll say it again. She risked her own freedom in, uh, in, in order that others may get theirs. For eight years, she led scores of slaves north to freedom. During the trip, she relied upon God to guide and protect her. She never once lost a runaway slave. As Harriet herself later puts it, I never ran my train off track 
and I never lost a passenger. Preaching better than y'all talking to me already. I was going to say this for the end, but I know somebody else who ain't never ran this train off track. And he ain't never lost a passenger. Y'all ain't ready yet. Friends, notice what drove Harriet's feet. The good news of freedom. In Harriet, we learned that, that those who have tasted freedom are to have a desire for others to taste freedom. Some news, friends, should be so good, it's impossible to keep it to yourself. Y'all do it all the time. Y'all do it all the time. Y'all catch that sale. All your girls know about it. Some news ought to be so good that those who have tasted it ought to be willing to risk all they have that others may experience that goodness as well. You ever had news so good? Bethel Gary, I proclaim to you today that the good news of Jesus Christ is so good, it should be too hard for you to keep it to yourself. There's news that we have received and come to believe in and ought to drive our feet to all those who are still in bondage. Friends, there is an underground railroad called the gospel, and the northern star is Jesus Christ himself. God has made a way to freedom. God uses Harriet's who are willing to go get slaves and to carry his good news to them in order to set slaves free. Friends, if the news you have received is so good, why aren't your feet moving? Why aren't your feet moving? Why aren't your feet moving into dark places? Why aren't your feet moving into places of bondage? You who are once slaves, is there not enough compassion in you to go help other slaves get free? Have you not felt the weight of sin's chains? Have you not felt the oppression of the devil's whip? Have you not experienced how sin tore your family and marriage apart? And now that you're free, you going to keep it to yourself? Maybe it's not that good to you. Because some news is so good, you can't keep it to yourself. You not have a desire for others to have the chance to taste freedom as well. You know the way to freedom. And how blessed are you to know the way to freedom? We learned last week that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, doesn't matter if you're black, doesn't matter if you're white, doesn't matter your economic status, the Bible says that if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. It's as simple as Peter. It's as simple as Peter did. Peter was drowning. Peter was going down. He was going underwater. And what did he do? Lord! Save me. Oh, you, uh, you didn't get excited because you ain't never been drowning and you just had to. No, you ain't had time for deep theological responses. All you could do is, Lord, save me. And God came out of nowhere and pulled your no good, rebellious, no faith having self out of what you were drowning in. And let's just be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be real. Most of the reason you be drowning is because of you. I'm not saying that there's some things that ain't pulled on your feet like seaweeds and took you down. I'm not, I'm not arguing that. But what I'm saying, if you know you like I know me, most of the things that I've been drowning in is because of me. But the Bible says that if you call on his name, You'll be saved. 
It's the easiest underground railroad to follow. Believe in your heart that Jesus died. God raised him from the dead and confess with your mouth that he is Lord and God will remove your chains, crush your oppressors, demolish the whips of the devil, and you will be considered a free man or woman. Believe in that message and you get to go free. And we shouted. Yes, we did. We shouted. We, we got on our feet and we clapped real loud. Oh, yeah, we clapped real good. We shouted real good. And we sang real good about it, too. But, 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 but there's a dilemma. There's a dilemma. Slaves can't get free unless there's Harriet's willing to go get them. A Harriet that will go and proclaim the good news of freedom. That is what Paul wants to argue. God saves slaves. From sin by sending Harriet with the good news to show them the Underground Railroad. We meet Paul in verse 14. We start with the year. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Friends, it's important that we understand the way in which a man or woman is saved is by believing in Jesus in his finished work. Harriet knew if people didn't hear about the Underground Railroad, they couldn't be saved by the Underground Railroad. This is why we protect the gospel so much around here. We dare not change the gospel because if we change the gospel, nobody can get set free. Men and women can only be saved by believing in this gospel spelled out in those 66 books that you got. And I said it before, some people get tired of hearing the gospel preached. And I'm like, if God can preach it through the entire Bible over 1,500 years, it's good enough. Do you think Harriet tampered with the Underground Railroad? No, 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 she didn't. Why? Because there was only one way people could be saved. And if Harriet was the temper with the Underground Railroad, all those slaves that she promised freedom would have never got free. Friends, when we change the gospel, those who we promise freedom will never reach freedom if we change the gospel. If you remember at the beginning of Romans, I argue that the gospel that we preach is no human gospel. That this gospel that we preach is God's gospel. It has a divine author. God owns the copyrights to the gospel and hasn't invited our infringement on it. Here it is at the beginning of Romans. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel divine origin came from the mind of Almighty God. Who else could have thought of such a gospel? We needed a mediator because we were at odds with God. We were enemies of God. Our sin had separated us from God. God wasn't cool with us, and we weren't cool with God. God was beefing with us, and we were beefing with him. Oh, you know before you got saved, your cute self wouldn't be caught dead in church or reading your Bible. You were good just doing what you were doing. You ain't got now. You you probably would have acknowledged the man upstairs, and you may have pulled some liquor on the ground just to acknowledge him. I'm just being real and honest. Can we be honest this morning? But show good tell did not love the God of the Bible, and we needed a mediator. But here's the issue. In order to be a mediator, you have to be equal between the two parties, and there's no equality between God and man. God is up here, and man is down here. Oh, now watch them, y'all. God makes someone who's equal to God. And man, no one could have thought of this but God himself. And so what does he do? What does God do? He merges both humanity and divinity into one flesh. Scott just said it. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Only God could have thought of that. 
And so God, in Jesus, by dying, by rising, now offers an expunged record in a full pardon to everyone. Said it last week. If you knew what was on your record, you would have shouted louder. I got some stuff on my record. I got, I got some stuff. Y'all hear me? That I don't want none of y'all to know about. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I want y'all to know. You know why? Because y'all won't love me no more. Oh, y'all just going to sit up there like y'all know what I'm talking about. I done, been, I done did some stuff at some parties that I don't want nobody to know about. I done did some things. Chris, that I don't want nobody, I don't know if they're going to judge me back there, to know about. I done did some things, y'all, that I don't want nobody to know about. I got some stuff in my file that'll give me life that I don't want nobody to know about. And you don't shout about an expunged record or a plea bargain. Or pardon until you hear the words guilty. And when you, I, I seen it on Facebook, brother was standing tall and tough. You know how they are before they go in. Everybody tough. I ain't snitching on my bros. I'm going in. I'm, I'm gonna do this. I'm, I'm gonna take. Boy, that judge must have read that guilty sentence on him. His knees buckled so fast and he hit the ground. I'm telling you, when God says that you you're guilty, there ain't no court of appeal. There ain't nobody else you can go to. When God says you're guilty, the judgment is final. And so God is offering an expunged record to clear your name. Paul brings up a dilemma. There's a lot of people that don't know that. He says, and how are they to believe in him of whom... They have never heard. There are millions of people in the United States, not to mention the rest of the world, who has never really heard the gospel. Millions of people who have never heard the gospel. And no one can respond to a gospel they never heard. No one can respond to a gospel they never heard. No one can respond to a gospel they have never heard. I learned this with my teenager. I have to make sure she heard me. If she didn't hear me or or if I think she heard me but not sure if she heard me or even if I knew that she heard me but didn't verify that she heard me, she doesn't. I know I got some teenage parents in the room. And if you don't verify that they heard you, their argument is that, Mama, I couldn't respond because I didn't hear you. Now, I got some pots thrown at me. My mama made sure I heard. A shoe, a belt, Christmas tree lights. I didn't got hit with anything. I'm traumatized, y'all. I got some PTSD up there. I'm messed up. I got hit in the eye, the elbow. Especially when it hit you between your knuckles, man. That stuff hurt, man. Sorry, I'm just bitten right now. I say, girl, why didn't you do such and such? She say, daddy, I didn't know. What you mean you didn't know? You didn't hear me? No, daddy, I didn't hear you. What is the situation contingent on? It's contingent on hearing. Okay, some of y'all still not with me yet. Because I know everybody ain't got kids. You know when you send somebody a message on your cell phone. And they got this new thing. That they notify you when they read it. It says, read. Me, the sender, and you, the receiver, both know that you saw and read this message. Now, this is what get me. When I see the person who left me on red, and they walk up to me talking about some what's up. Good question. What's up, dog? 
Y'all, okay, y'all want to act holy. Y'all don't get no attitude. You be mad why you ain't respond to me. I know you ready. It's right here. Little bubble drop there. Little bubble drop there, right? I know you ready. Don't be acting like you ain't getting my message. And now you want to talk about, so what's up? Ain't nothing up until you tell me why you ain't reading my message. Nothing is more irritating than a person who read something and didn't respond to you. But the point is, is that you can't hold them accountable if they haven't heard. Nobody can respond to a gospel that they haven't heard. But let's be honest. Let's be honest. Hearing is not always easy. You think every person in slavery heard Harriet's message? No. Not because she didn't speak it into their ears, but that they didn't believe her. People truly hear the gospel by believing. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is why he said, how can they believe or how can they have a chance to believe without without hearing? What are reasons people have a hard time hearing? Man, after living under slavery so long, sometimes you stop believing that there is a way out. Can we just be honest real fast here? You, you, you know it. You've you, 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 you spoken the gospel to some of your coworkers. You've you spoken the gospel to some of your friends, and, and they have trouble believing it, especially when you're going through hell. Sometimes it's not easy to hear about God, and sometimes they don't want to hear about no God when they're going through it. Some people, they've been in situations so long that they can't see themselves away from their masters. They can't see themselves away from that boyfriend or that girlfriend. And and, and you try as hard as you can. You try to plead with them and say that Jesus is better. Jesus has something for you. But sometimes it's hard for people to hear. That's why before we go proclaiming, we got to go praying, y'all. got to pray. You got to pray. In order for them to hear, this is going to be a God thing. This is going to be something that God has to do. This is going to be something that God has to do with his divine power. Friends, Paul's point is people must hear the gospel. The gospel must be at least delivered to the doorsteps of their soul if they will respond to the gospel. But how? But how does the gospel get to them? This is what Harriet's are for. We meet Paul again in the verse. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they to hear without someone preaching? Paul makes it clear here in this verse that the means by which God gets his divinely authored message out is through preachers. God's FedEx ground man is the preacher. We must understand that you don't have to be a pastor to preach. You don't need 11 titles before your name to preach. Some people got 30 titles. I don't even want to greet them. Take too long. Half my day going to greet you. I ain't even got to know you because you got all these titles. Apostle, reverend, bishop, whatever. You don't need 11 titles. No, you don't need 11 titles. You don't need a pulpit neither. My father talk about how he tell people about God all the time in his Uber car. People get in the Uber and they ain't even know what they signed up for. <laughs> but they try it with him until they get their destination. <laughs> Might as well give them the word while they're in there. This passage is not just speaking about ordained pastors and missionaries, but about all Christians that I need you to understand now. Amen. This passage right here is talking about all of us in this room. The word preacher means one who heralds a message. Thus, putting out the message of Christ is everyone's responsibility. Notice our responsibility of preachers is not to put out what people want to hear, but the message of Christ. When you herald a message, you don't make up the message. You preach what's been given to you. We're not supposed to preach the good news of the BMW. We're not to preach your best life now. No, we are to preach Jesus. This is what Paul says. And when I came to you, brothers, 
Did not, co- did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul said, I wasn't elegant. I didn't have no degrees. All I did was preach Jesus. And if you preach him, he's more than enough. A lot of people, they're still waiting on goosebumps and waiting on the move of God. I'm telling you, the moment you open up your mouth, all of a sudden, you become as bold as a lion. That's called the Holy Spirit. And when you do his work... He'll show up in the moment, and he'll give you the power to preach what he wants you to preach. And a lot of us, we've been waiting to see God, and I'm telling you that God is on the mission field, preacher. I mean, you ain't felt him in years because you've been on your own mission. Does the FedEx guy determine the package he's delivering? I wish he would bring me something I don't want. I'm sending it back. No, he only does what he's commanded to deliver. Friends, we deliver what God tells us to deliver. We who have received the gospel, been converted by the gospel, are commanded by God to go and share the gospel. We are in one or two categories. If I can put it the way one organization puts it, you are either a missionary or a mission field. You're either a missionary or a mission field. Missionaries ought to be on the mission field. Basketball scouts go to basketball courts. We have to go church. What happens if the FedEx driver never goes? What happens if Harriet never goes back? Packages don't get delivered and slaves don't make it to freedom. Many of us are not preaching because we have not, like Harriet, realized the message that we are carrying is bigger than us. The gospel is bigger than you. I know you're cute. And you go to church all your life. But the gospel is bigger than you. And there's a gospel, a gospel going around that makes the message all about you. But it is not all about you. That's not the gospel. The gospel is all about Jesus. And it's bigger and better and greater than you. Why do I need to know that, Pastor? Harriet had to realize that the message that she had was more valuable than her life. Had Harriet not understood that, Harriet would not have went back to proclaim to Harold the good news of the Underground Railroad to others. Because there's going to be a thousand reasons why you're not worthy to carry God's message. The envelope has to understand what's inside of it is greater than it. The FedEx driver has to understand what he's delivering is greater than him. And it is not until you understand that that you become a good delivery boy. A thousand reasons this morning I shouldn't be up here preaching. The message is greater than me. It's more important than me. Somebody needs the gospel this morning. God said, go. You got to go. And I'm so thankful that this message is greater than me. Because at the end of the day, we can be real, pull up a chair at the same table. None of us are really that awesome. I'm a disappointment at the end of the day. See, that's why you can't preach Dexter. Church doesn't stand stand and fall on Dexter. The church has to be built on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. The preacher may change, but the message will never, ever, ever change. I love the way Paul puts it, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Don't get high on yourself, preacher. What's an iPhone if you can't use your apps? What's a a cell phone if you can't receive the message? What good is the FedEx guy if he doesn't deliver the package? Don't get high on yourself. You're not the main point. God is the main point. I'm telling you that this gospel that we preach 
It's a great, 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 great message. Come here, Jonah. Help me preach to God's people this morning. Jonah 3, 4 through 7, God raises up a preacher who doesn't even want to preach. God uses Jonah, and Jonah don't even want to preach to the people. He wants all the people in Nineveh to go to hell. He don't even want to go. He so much didn't want to go that that brother ran as far in the opposite direction as possible because he didn't want to go. God must have sent a storm. God has sent a storm your way. You don't want to listen. You go ahead. Some of y'all been running in your own direction, and God sends a, a storm your way. And it turns you back in the other direction. So anyway, God turned my boy Jonah around. Jonah gets to Nineveh. His heart ain't even in the right place. He don't even like the people. He don't even like them. Go in, opens up his mouth. Y'all going to love this one, but I ain't never going to do it. He preached an eight-word sermon. Ain't going to never happen. Wish it could. Make my job a whole lot easier. Give me a whole lot of time during the week. You know what I mean? How does it take me to write these sermons? A whole lot of hours. I wish I could preach an eight-word sermon. Y'all look good. Bless the Lord. I'm gone. I wish I could do that. He preaches eight words, and the entire city gets saved. I preach 3,000 words, and somebody might get saved. I don't know. I mean, I ain't doing it. You know, maybe I need to run away or something. I don't know. Come back in a couple Sundays. <laughs> The only logical explanation is that the power is not in the preacher, but the power is in the message, and the Holy Spirit comes behind the message, and when the Holy Spirit comes behind the word, something happens. When you come to church, you're not coming to hear Dexter Harris. Every time we open up the word of God, God is speaking. And when God speaks, things happen. You got to know this, preacher, that the power is not in you. The power is in the word. Here's Peter on the day of Pentecost. Here's what it says, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus whom you crucified, here's Peter, he's preaching, he's heralding God's news, he's telling the Jewish people about the good news of Jesus. And now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. His word is sharper than a two-edged sword. I love it when it happens. I really do. I love it, church. I love to see when his word cuts them to the heart. Maybe you've never experienced that. You're coming in, and you got to be a gym full of young men. Smell like they just came out the forest. That's weed for some of you guys. You know what I'm talking about? High out of their mind. Cussing, fussing, and you like, <laughs> God, you want me to preach? You want me to preach to them? I don't think they're going to hit me. They're high as a kite right now, God. <laughs> I mean, they're high in the dark heavens right now, God. I don't know. I don't know about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting second hand, God. I don't know. I hear from you. I mean, they, they, they. I mean, it's foggy and hazy. I mean, and you, you, you don't want me to preach. You just want me to talk about Jesus. <laughs> you stand flat-footed. Been loving on him. And you open up your mouth. <laughs> and they drawn in. Some of their mouths wide open. Because there's power in this thing. Life transforming power. Jesus ain't come 
to give people religion. He came to give them life. This ain't about cleaning up good behavior. Other religions can do that for you. This is about taking people from death to life. And the Jesus that we preach went from death to life. And if he can get out of the grave, he can take some boys high on weed and bring them down so that they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody needs to hear this. He'll take a dead marriage and he'll turn that thing around. He'll take a no good, deadbeat baby daddy, clean him up so that he can hear the gospel. He'll take your stubborn boss, turn him around so they can hear the gospel. I'm telling you that there's power in his name. There's power in his name. There's authority in his name. He has the about seen him do it. Ain't telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I knew. And Harriet knew. Harriet knew when she went back into that dark place. When she went back where there was where there was chains, she knew that her freedom could be lost. But she went in there anyways. Why? Because she knew that she served a God that was bigger than darkness. That was bigger than chains. You got to know who you're serving, church. Peter got up, cussing Peter, fussing Peter, denying Peter, lying Peter, drowning Peter. God will use anybody. He used the donkey to do it. And he got up, opened up his mouth, proclaimed the gospel. The word cut everybody in the room. By the time God got said, got done. 3,000 people got saved. I wish I had a church right now that'll stop praying these little pruny prayers, these prayers that don't match the bigness of our God. I know y'all don't believe that he's great still, but I believe that we ought to pray prayers that say, God, go ahead and take the city of Gary for yourself. Go ahead and take it. Why not? We got, we got everything. We got Jesus. We got the good news. Won't you go ahead and take the city for yourself? And when we begin to believe the good news, our feet start moving. Here's what I learned. Is that this gospel that needs to get out, nobody is more passionate about it than God himself. No, 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 no. Don't get it twisted. I don't want you to think that I'm saying God is dependent on you. No, he's not. <laughs> and we're going to learn that in chapter 11. But God not dependent on you. God going to get his work done. With or without you. Okay, you don't believe me. Die tomorrow. Just I dare you. Die tomorrow. Yep, they're going to say something real nice about you. They're going to have a funeral. They're going to say real nice words about you. Oh, she, him, me, you know, they was all dear, blah, blah, blah. Ash, ashes, dust to dust, and they're going to keep on moving. And the gospel is going to keep on getting preached. With or without you. God ain't never without a Harriet. The show don't stop because of one monkey. Here's what Paul says, and I love it because Paul doesn't leave the mission contingent on human beings. You know how filthy we are. Here it is. This is what he says. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. We have to understand that God sends the sender. You know, before the FedEx guy shows up to your house, a higher authority Commands him to go. Someone from up top sends the FedEx guy. And every sender is sent. Believers, God has sent you. In what authority has he sent you? In the authority of Jesus Christ. If you don't know nothing else, you got to know that God sent you. Okay? 
Now, if God didn't send your tail, <laughs> don't you go out there. <laughs> don't you go. Don't, don't you go to no place that God ain't sent you now, all right? I'm dead serious. I'm laughing. I'm dead serious because I remember. I'm thinking of the book of Acts, all right? Y'all remember them jokers? They sent their tail to sons of Skeva. They went over there. What they do? Ain't nobody sending them. They said, in the name of Jesus, that Paul preacher, come out. They beat them out of their Levi's because y'all didn't That's why some people don't last long. Because they going, but ain't nobody send you. God has to send you. Who sent Moses? God sent Moses. Who sent Joshua? God sent Joshua. Who sent Hosea? God sent him. Who sent Jeremiah, Isaiah? Who sent them? God sent them. God sends the Harriets into the dark places. You got to know without a shadow of a doubt that God sent you. And when he sends you, he doesn't always send you into easy places. The FedEx driver don't get to determine what neighborhood he want to drive in. He's going to drive in whatever neighborhood that the sender sent him to. Oh, we want to go to places where there's no downgrades. We want to go to places where there's no pay cuts. We want to go to places where we ain't in danger of getting shot. We want to go into places that the coffee's hot when I get there. We want to go to places where they'll serve me, but God doesn't always send you to places that's comfortable for you. Sometimes God will send you in places you don't want to go. But friends, I came to tell you that if he sent you, there ain't no better place for you to be than in the neighborhood that God sent you to. The other thing I learned about FedEx senders is that people love when the FedEx guy show up. Yeah, they love it. They love it. In fact, technology's so good to us, y'all. They got this thing that after you order what you want, they send you a tracking number so that you can go in your email, click on your tracking number, and find out where the FedEx guy is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know when the message is getting ready to arrive. I remember this one time I ordered a package. I couldn't wait. I was standing on tiptoes of anticipation. I was waiting on it, and I was waiting on it because, because when the FedEx guy showed up, it communicated to me that my good news showed up. The reason why people are not excited about churches coming into their community anymore is because we left the message. And people ain't excited to see you. They're waiting on the good news to show up. That's why Paul said, beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Because when we show up, the community ought to change. When we show up, the homeless ought to know about it. When we show up, the political powers ought to know about it. When we show up, the fatherless ought to know about it. There ought to be a word on the street that say, hey, yo, have you heard about that church on Fifth Avenue? I went down there and my life got changed. There ought to be some spreading about us. People ought to be checking their emails and saying, what Bethel got going on today? I know Pastor Dexter go preach the word today. When people, when the church show up, word ought to spread. People who are addicted to drugs ought to come running. More than that, you can just expect them to come to this building. Last time I checked, the FedEx guy was the one who was sent. And we expect 
that if we make the coffee hot enough, if we play the music good enough, come on, we give them enough good programs, they'll come to us. And that sounds real good because it's easy. It don't cost you nothing. We'll let the, we'll let the church staff do all the work. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll bring them to my pastor so that he can preach the gospel to them. Friends, everybody in here is a FedEx groundsman. And if you ain't going, that means you don't work for FedEx. That's the only thing that we can come up with. Because the people who have been hired, they going. Now, I want you to imagine with me for a minute. I want you to imagine. I just want you to go there with me for a minute. Just clear your heads. I want you to go there with me for a minute. Imagine if Bethel Gary was never planted. Just imagine if we didn't go. How many more young men would have been buried in this city? How many kids would have went without a hot meal? How many people would not have gotten saved if Bethel Gary didn't go? How many would be tasting hell if the church didn't go? Don't take your job, little church. Just imagine. I shudder to think about what Gary, Indiana would be like if God didn't have churches and we're not the only one that's doing the good work of God. Now that you imagine with me, I want you to remember. Remember when Harriet first showed up to your doorstep? You were in chains when she found you. You were under a wicked and evil master. He was tearing your marriage apart. He was tearing your children apart. Your life was a mess. And Harriet showed up. And Harriet told you that I know a way out of this mess. I know how to get to freedom. Harriet opened up her mouth and she proclaimed Jesus to you. The chains fell off. Your eyes were open. And all the pain and hurt and discouragement that you felt it seems as if in that moment, it all went away. And God became the center of your life. You never felt joy so great. You never felt peace so great. And you leap for joy like you never leaped before. Do you remember, Saint? When he first became your love. When you fell in love with him. He washed you of all of your sin. And he cleansed you from head to toe. He took care of your wounds and your scars. Then he filled you with his presence. And he clothed you with his beauty. And he took away that old name. And he cleansed up your past. Your friends don't even know who you are anymore. When Harriet showed up, the message that she delivered to you, it was real. And you've been free ever since. The Bible says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. Hold your shot. But Harriet, learn from the Harriet. She was just mimicking her master. Because there was a Harriet that left the courts of glory, came down into time, 
down 42 generations. He walked on water. This, this is D. Harriet here, church. He came into a dark world where people were slaves to sin. The devil was the master. And he came and he proclaimed the good news. But not only did he pray, proclaim the good news, he is the good news. And he walked into darkness. Darkness buried him. But on the third day, darkness couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't hold him. And now because that Harriet is up, he now sends all the little Harriets out into the world. And he say, little Harriet, you go and you proclaim the good news. And every time you show up, preach this good news. Some people going to listen. Some people not going to listen. But FedEx driver, it's not your responsibility on how they respond. You just deliver the package. I'll worry about the response. So action. If this news is so good, if it's rocked your world, why aren't your feet moving? If your chains have dropped, why aren't you going to go proclaim the good news to the other slaves? God has released you from the oppression of the master. Why aren't you going to tell others? Have you tasted? Have you seen that the Lord is good, Harriet? If so, go and proclaim this good news. It's one thing short that this good news has done for us is that it has made us into worshipers. 